the audience. <laughs> oh, yeah, as so you're enthusiastic. Excited. And our I... panel will include maybe Amma and maybe Sarah and definitely Tom. So for today, our initial uh, thing, we're going to sort of introduce what, what, the hell, what the hell is Ritual and Rolls? What the hell is it? See, that was your little Bernie right there for you. That's, yeah. that's about as good as I get, all right? Um, I do so we'll do a little bit about Archeo Gaming. If we get more people on, we might talk a little bit about public archaeology and how this fits into public archaeology. And if we, we have... A, we can still talk about that. And at the end, um, if we want to introduce whatever characters we happen to have here at the time, uh, we'll sort of do that as well. So with that, you know, what is Rituals and Rolls? Um, simply, it's the Archeo RPG. See, if you look at Archeo RPG, it's like the first half is archaeology, still digging. The other part is RPG. And that's where Rituals and Rolls comes in. It's the part where you're going to see archaeologists engage with role-playing games. Um, so if by clicking on or listening to a channel called Archeo RPG and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know these nerds are going to start talking games. Now might be the time that they, they hit the road. And I apologize. To be fair, I, would, I would say, please stick around. You may be surprised. <laughs> if, they're, if, if they're here for the archaeology, they're already nerds. Let's be, let's be honest about this. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> I have heard that it is hot nerd fall. I don't think I fall into that category. But... It's a thing. Well, it was it was ninety five degrees today, so it was hot. Oh, do we sure. have? I was hot today, and I am a nerd. Hold up, hold up. I think we may have a signal coming in honor? from around the world, from some time in the, the future, future. From the future. Hello, Friday. It is ten a.m. on Friday here. What? <laughs> what kind of? I what, made it. What kind of? What kind of magic is that? Ah, uh, some magic. I, I may have I may have uh, dealt in some unsavory dealings to, to get access. But, but you're not the warlock. <laughs> yeah. No, but I am the rogue. <laughs> she could multi-class. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so, um, so welcome. Now we are on our Rituals and Rolls recap uh, show right now, and I just uh, sort of did the sort of general introductions uh, and then sort of explained that this is the show where a group of archaeologists are going to be doing role-playing games. Um, and that's about as far as we've gotten. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're sort of in the, in, in the introducing uh, rituals and roles right now and how we're a, a sort of a live play uh, table. So, so for this season, um, so if you've been following the channel, uh, we have been doing some video games, a lot of them doing Dungeons and Dragons sort of as a lead up. Uh, for all this, but now we are going to go live. We are going to take on Acquisition Incorporated, Critical yeah. Role, <laughs> Dungeons and Dugons. They're all going down. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> take them down. Can we go with uh, Act as a. Too? Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. Hopefully, at some point, have a the, debate on. <laughs> hopefully, at yeah, some point, yeah, in the, I mean, 
hopefully at some point in the next year we can get 100 subscribers. <laughs> Goals. All right, all right. We'll go with the we'll go we'll work our way up. I'm sorry. I, I went I jumped over the question mark section of our underwear gnome uh, chart of world domination. <laughs> we have underwear gnomes. But this episode of South Park with the underwear gnomes. Uh, they have a uh, chart. They have a chart that says, "You know, steel underwear? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Profit." Got it. I mean, step three is always profit. Yeah, so it's 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 playing on that trope of step three being the question mark, profit. Got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's a plan. It is a plan. So, it is a plan. So we are starting off our actual play sessions with Dungeons and Dragons because it's the behemoth. It is the juggernaut. It is the big daddy. Or big mama. Or big dragon of the it's big. it's big of the tabletop role playing world. Um, most other systems are either direct copies of or are have deliberately not been a copy in such a way that the in, the negative influence of Dungeons and Dragons can be felt within those systems. So avoid where Dungeons and Dragons should be. Exactly. <laughs> so if we are going to enter in the world of Archeo Gaming, and we will talk about Archeo Gaming in a second, around the worlds of tabletop role playing, um, it, it it makes sense to first jump in to sort of the big, the big one, the big uh, competitor in, in this whole thing, and that would be Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so that's why we're doing that. But uh, as we move forward and hopefully have more seasons uh, of this, we may entertain other systems. Call of Cthulhu has been one we've been talking about a lot because more problematic than Dungeons and Dragons. More problematic, but it definitely plays much more into real archaeology. Because the time periods are different. If you're playing in the 1920s, you have real-world archaeology that you can draw upon um, as examples. As horrible, horrible, racist, bad examples. But this is Lovecraft. So we will yeah. have to step into that world with both feet. Um, and boy, is he racist. Um, like, whoa. There's there's there are other systems like this the Fate Core system. There's the Dungeon World system, the, mm -hmm. the Savage World system. Um, mm -hmm. There are a bunch of other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. But yes, so we are not exclusively <laughs> going to uh, we are not exclusively examining the world of Dungeons and Dragons. We might stick around uh, for that as we expand, um, but. Mm -hmm. So before sort of going in deeper into uh, Dungeons & Dragons, should we talk about Archeo Gaming? I think so. I think we need to we need to set up our framework. Like, uh, I think that's like why do a bunch of archaeologists want to have a nerdy show where they talk archaeology about gaming? Because uh, we hate ourselves and hate having hobbies. <laughs> um, no, that's not true. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's important that... It's understood that I mean, it, it, even the built world is an artifact in and of itself. So, even if the the world is virtual, it is a built world and also an artifact. 
if that makes any sense. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Write that down. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna go right to the source. That's my one profound thought for the day. No, I appreciate it for sure. I think I think that's a good direction to go in. That you can consume something and still be critical of it at the same time. I mean, I I enjoyed reading Call of Cthulhu. It was an interesting book, but it was it was a hell of racist. <laughs> um, and 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 the same. I mean. And we 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 have discussed it on on uh, uh, still digging before as well. Um, uh, some of the problematic themes in Dungeons and Dragons itself is is built on this colonial structure. Mm. Um, and before we get uh, too much further, uh, sorry, Hamid, do you want to say something? No, I was going to say like if uh, we could even expand it so much further, I'd love to like bring in if we're going to talk about a. Uh, um, Lovecraft. I, I would love to contrast that with like somebody like Ursula Le Guin or somebody you know yeah. who also dealt with fantasy. Write that down. Put that on our uh, our, our idea yeah. sheet. That's a, that's a, that's a future segment right there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, For that's, sure. That's a, that's a, that's a future segment on there. But I wanted to sort of like go back to sort of like the source for Archeo Gaming, Andrew Reinhardt hmm. and his book uh, Archeo Gaming. Um, and sort of quote what he defines Archeo Gaming. Now, Andrew Reinhardt um, is a PhD candidate uh, out of York uh, in the UK. Um, but he sort of made his claim to fame, if anyone's ever even heard of him, from the, and you probably heard of the project at least, a few years back when there was an excavation in Arizona to dig up ET cartridges for the Atari 2600. Uh, he's the one that led that expedition. And he is sort of has modeled the the, the initial theory uh, behind Archeo Gaming. Now, he, when he was doing it, he was thinking strictly about the world of video games. So I'm going to sort of quote some of his ideas of what Archeo Gaming is. It's going to reference video games. And I guess maybe afterwards we can discuss how we can, how we plan on changing, you know, altering his initial idea into a more analog gaming system. So to quote him, like, what is what is archaeogaming? Archaeogaming, broadly defined, is the archaeology both in and of digital games. Archaeology is the study of ancient and recent human past through material remains in pursuit of a broad, comprehensive understanding of human culture. Digital games are archaeological sites, landscapes, and artifacts, and the game space held within those media can be understood archaeologically as digital built environments containing their own material culture. Explored on two levels, in-game, synthetic world, and extra-game, natural world, existing at the same time using hardware as a nexus connecting the two. Hmm. Boom. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have... That's probably where my thing came from, so I can't really take credit for my <laughs> profound statement for the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but but I think I think I think what he says about the the whole the concept of a, a digital virtual ro- world as a built environment, um, I think in a tabletop role playing game it's it's even more complicated because there are still artifacts of the writers that, that will pop up in I mean in the especially if you're playing a module that that whole setting, all the the planned interactions are all created by a person. 
so they are, they are in they are in material culture like the interaction itself is a material cult is is an artifact right well we have mm-hmm. a rule we have a rule system we have prescribed sort of system of the types mm-hmm. of materials we are there the types of peop peoples within this world the types of creatures um that's mm-hmm. sort of all prescribed for us by the designers the maps the maps mm-hmm. I would, I would also even say that gameplay itself could be interpreted as, you know, a methodology aligned with archaeological methods, you know, insofar as doing, you know, ethnographic studies, you have to, you know, speak with local communities to learn more information about, you know, your quote unquote quest or what it is that, you know, you're there to do. So um, I think that's something as well that could I, I, I don't think it's touched upon in the initial uh, description, but I think it, it fits within that as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, similar to a video game, the player is not fully in control of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the, you know, more they're, so than the game, than a video game. More so, so but they are still not because there's the other player, there's the dungeon master, there's the writers of this material, there's the entire sort of cultural pressure and lore, the sort of built experience of what is called Dungeons and Dragons, the, ex- and the social expectations of what that means uh, for that. And there's the other players at the table. Um, so one person isn't created. This, this is a, 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 uh, a combined uh, a storytelling. It's, it's, it's a mutual, a mutual mm-hmm. storytelling that's, that's occurring here where so, no one person is, is sort of dictating. Right. Except me. <laughs> out, out of the book, kind of. Yes. Um, oh, I had something real good and I lost it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's interesting also the, um, the difference, the difference between, um, doing ethnography or, or, or archaeo gaming within a digital world versus in a tabletop world is that because in a tabletop setting, it's it's much more malleable and your the artifact or not the artifact the it's this so that it's an oral history no mm. that's not quite right i think what we will be creating will be a document by broadcasting the storytelling <laughs> <laughs> sorry stay with me <laughs> but um, the fact that we are actually influencing the story as we're going and and pointing it in different directions through um, active gameplay um, is is interesting because and and we will have to I know a goal like this we have to really dive into the critical theory around it so so noticing our own biases as we're creating the story and and analyzing the document that we are. The, the document being the the game uh, game mm-hmm. rules and, and module, especially as we when we come back to the rituals and roles recap to kind of unpack everything that we we uh, did the previous week. Footnotes. <laughs> yeah, we will have to actually take notes. At least I'm going to have to take notes while we're doing this well, to make sure. It, you should be taking notes anyway while we're playing so that you know what your character is up to and do. doing. I do. I do take notes. And I was just thinking, there is material, there is there is physical material culture with this. There mm. are books, there are dice, there are miniatures, 
There's the other accoutrement. There's the other accoutrement. There are the T-shirts. There's the. It's a. If we are not playing at a table with real material, there's a computer and a software uh, that we are having to interact with. Uh, and virtual so, environment. A virtual environment. So, so a lot of those materials are still going to be there. Uh, it with this. The difference is is the true mechanics of the game. The the true game engine will be our four brains <laughs> churning away uh, with the end, you know, <clears throat> utilizing the input and material. Uh, yeah, it's uh, this, this one's complicated to wrap my head, your head around. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really going to, I'm going to have to, I've only read about thing. half a Reinhardt book so far. I got to finish it. And another interesting thing about the way we're doing this, by, by live streaming it so that you know our audience can enjoy it as we're doing this, it also allows for sort of a, some of the foibles that can happen with an at-home game uh, from occurring, sort mm -hmm. of the, the collective memory that comes into place, the collective remembrance that might happen that sort of is the beginning phases of turning events into legend. You know, begin, an event becomes a story, becomes a myth, becomes a legend. Um yeah. Because because you're when you in the in the constant retelling the stories become different every time, we're creating a document which will be there and you can watch us. And he's like, "No, you said that. We didn't say that. Yes, as, you did. As many times as you want, you can rewatch it." <laughs> <laughs> and that very much recalls a critical role when they always say, "You know, oh, the fans will remind us," or you get the same thing in the Adventure Zone where the cast just chooses to forget. Yeah. And prefers to, but knows <laughs> the fact that the internet is there to remind them every step of the way. Because that's a that's a weird, unique thing that's, that happens with the uh, whole rise of these sort of broadcast, uh, actual play games. Is that you know you're no longer in your living room or in the game room or down at the bar. You're you're doing it in front of an audience, and that audience is paying attention to you, and they will hold you to task because the audience they're building the wiki. <laughs> well, they're because. They're also building their world. They're listening to us perform, for lack of a better term. We are on stage, we are actors, is, and yeah. we are performing. And they are listening yeah. to that, and in the in the theater of the mind, they are creating their own version of our story. Right. I, I think I think also, especially in the case of, of um, uh, critical role and and and. Um, Adventure Zone, which are wildly popular, um, um, you know, with with their own, with they, you know, the creation of their own merchandise and and fan fiction and 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 fan art and and just the, I mean, the concepts that are, or not the concepts, but the but the material culture is being created as a result of a, you know, a, a made up imaginary virtual world is is. Like the the, the cyclical, cyclical nature of it for archaeology is, is yeah. kind of it's hard to wrap your head around. Mm. Oh, I, I bet Sarah's gonna be bad. She's not here for this because the concept of fan art and fan fiction, I think, is is really interesting. And the relationship between the the creator community and and the fan community is something I'm sure that is it has been studied and has continued to be studied and really fascinating relationship. And that's something that we're we're hoping to have as well as as we grow, um, we want we want to have more interaction with with our fans and our, and our community, and we want to grow a community. We, this is this Man. is this is not as much for us, 
<laughs> hey, I'm talking to the person in the car right now. I don't want them to get distracted what? while driving. <laughs> you know, oh, that's we, right. I should. We we have an entire you know. We hope to be you know we when we are we are building a slowly beginning to build a fan base. You know, those who are listening to us on the first run, you're you're the first tier. You're the vanguard of this. You're the ones a year from now <laughs> at. Archeo RPG Con. Um, I'm going to be able to say I was there. I'm are OG. You... <laughs> you know, how many people are going to be claiming they were listening to these original broadcasts when we were looking at the channel and we know we only had like <laughs> two people watching us. But, you know, they're going to have about 100 people claiming that they were those two people. Dream, dream, dream big. Got to dream big. Hey, One I, day, we'll hey, have we, an entire we, empire built on these characters. Hey, you know, they go, they go behind the scenes now. We are, we are, we're currently at 31 subscribers to our YouTube channel. Thank you all. Mm -hmm. um, Yay! So, so we are on the march now to 100. So we are on the march to 100 right now. That's sort of the first mini goal. We just keep going, going, going. And then we knock PewDiePie out yeah. of the way, which is good because he needs to be uh. knocked out of the way. <sighs> That's right. We're starting wars with everybody. <laughs> it's what you can do when you know no one's watching you. <laughs> well, somebody eventually watches us. We usually get about one or so views. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't no. know how many of that is us. <laughs> I mean, I don't. But... I don't watch my own product. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't listen to my voice. It's weird. I'm weird. You're listening to me. It sounds weird, and you know it. Hey, I have to edit these things for the uh, podcast, so I have to listen to myself over and over and over again. So many, so sorry. And how many times I say um <laughs> and uh and go <gasps> before talking? Yeah, it's it's not fun at all. But it's a learning process, though, too. I think I've gone back and listened and definitely cringed a few times myself, but I think it's a, a good way to hold myself accountable and then move forward and to grow. Yeah. So, sort of, that's the briefest thing of Archeo Game. Like, a lot of these things, we'll be fleshing these things out. This is an ex This is the ultimate way you shouldn't be doing uh, um, science. We are going to experiment to learn. <laughs> like we're gonna learn this. Yeah, actually. it's it's an observational science and interdisciplinary soft science. Yeah, we're not stuff, so we're it's... not going in completely blind, but we no. are kind of blind. But that's also part of the yeah. fun with this. I mean, this thing may I mean like any good science, like any good experiment, and this is truly an experiment. This could mm -hmm. absolutely fall flat on its face. This could absolutely <laughs> become something that we right now have no idea about. It's going to go into a different direction entirely. That may be an mm -hmm. awesome, cool direction, but we aren't thinking about that right now. It may be something else. We as, may long as long as we... <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm just here for D&D. <laughs> <laughs> as, yeah, as long as we hit the, the markers of we play some D&D, &D, and then we also think about the structure of the game we just played. I think I'll be happy. And that's Those are 
Those are really my only goals. And that is the other absolutely, and I've said this a few times already tonight, absolutely important part about this particular show, Ritual and Rolls Recap, is that this is the place for us to get the nerdy archaeology talk in place. While we're playing the game, we are going to play the game. <laughs> you guys will be in character. So we can, we can I will be the all the other social theory. Right. You stuff. will be Tomog. You will be Ty. I will be everybody yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Sarah. Except for RNL. But I do get to be mascot. Mm -hmm. I, you do uh, get to be mascot. So I got like a and, week and, to worry about my voices. And as we all as we as we know. Many other animal voices. <laughs> yes, yes. The downside to having like a druid and a warlock with some weird stuff. There's a lot of talking to animals, so I got to come up with animal conversations. <laughs> um, they can all be the same voice if you want, by the way. No, 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 no. I will, I will try to roll out different voices. They will be different voices right. in my mind. You will hear the exact same thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you guys heard about the, what is it, the Matt Mercer effect? I, I've seen that, yeah. I've seen discussions about that, yeah. What is, what is, are you, uh, fill me in here. I can jump in. So the, I think the, the basic concept is the fact that people have come to expect things out of their own GMs, or at least expect at a certain level and that it's of both gameplay, but also performance from their GMs, and it's become yep. troublesome for a lot of people. <laughs> so Critical Role is both making D&D super popular and great again, and also, oh, uh, I'm sorry I used that phrasing, is um, <laughs> <laughs> is making it, it's, it's bringing it to a new level and making it super popular, but also ruining it for everybody at a normal table. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm going I'm to say it right now. If you're expecting me to be Matt Mercer, I'm expecting you to be as comical as Sam Regal and as emotive as Liam O'Brien. He's from here. I can't be that moody. I just can't be that <laughs> But the Critical Role is a good example for, for us. This is our behind-the-scenes pep talk right now. Watch yeah. campaign one, episode one, and then watch like last week's yeah. uh, show. The difference it's between the things. And these are professionals. Mm -hmm. So no, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, we're gonna make stumbles early on. I'm letting also it's a secret now to the fans listening right now. We won't be perfect from episode one. <laughs> I'm just laying that out right now. <laughs> So we will learn as we go along. Um, we will get better in terms of our characters. Once we start getting that sweet, sweet Patreon money in, we can improve our quality for everybody here so that we can be yeah, give you yeah. a, deliver you a better product. Mm -hmm. I think I need to at least invest in like a camera, not attached to my computer. <laughs> Same. And we're going to need a... And we're going to need a really long extension cable that we could send over to Ama to plug her right into the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming, I swear it's coming. It's just, yeah. It will hopefully be here by next week. Uh, I was told I was told two weeks, but if I have to, I will come back and I will I will do what I can to make arrangements. Okay. With dark forces, better luck alone. <laughs> 
Okay. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, D&D, what we're going to be doing, Dungeons & Dragons. We talked a little bit about what Archeo Gaming is. But there's sort of a different aspect of uh, of archaeology we're getting involved with. It's, it's the reason we have an audience watching and listening to us right now. And that has to do with public engagement. <laughs> so so we, I will let our two, two illustrious public archaeologists... Uh, Jump in from here, <laughs> kinda, <laughs> uh, to sort of take over, like how we are hoping to use rituals and roles as a tool for engagement uh, uh, with uh, for public archaeology. Do you want to start, or should I? Uh, um, <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and start here. So, um, the um. Okay, so uh, archaeology um, is, in science of it, in any kind, is completely worthless if you're not disseminating that information out into the public and making it useful for people. Um, and by using archaeology to kind of break down, um, you know, cultural phenomena like role-playing games and Dungeons and & Dragons and, and, you know, kind of pointing out, like, you know, uh, pointing out all the warts and imperfections in, in this thing that a lot of people love, um, you are, oh, I just went sideways on that one. <laughs> um, you are, you are kind of break, breaking it down into its, its parts and, and kind of exposing people to anthropology and archaeology, um, helps, um, it, it, it just gets people more engaged with that, with, um, with a, with that way of thought and critical thinking and um, just kind of realizing that um, where the things that they use and say and um, actions that they do where do they where do they come from how do they affect other people because um, I mean archaeology is is by definition a part of anthropology I know there's a lot of Brits out there going to ignore or will disagree with me wholeheartedly but. I don't care. I'm American. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I haven't done my one yet. And I'm gonna and Tristan, we're talking I'm about a... you. Yeah, Tristan. <laughs> Archaeology is anthropology. Deal with it. Uh, um, but uh, um, the, the point I'm trying to get at here is, is uh, it's we're, we want the um, dungeon, this this podcast to turn into something that makes archaeology more ex uh, accessible, anthropology more accessible. Did I freeze? You're kind mm -hmm. of... Well, you're back now. My, my voice coming still? Yeah, your okay. voice still coming. Keep talking. Okay. Um, we, we just wanted, we wanted to make it something that makes things like this more accessible, and it, it, um, it makes, you know, shutting down pseudo-archaeology like ancient aliens and like a lot of the stuff that Scott Walter does, um, and uh, Kurt Von Daniken. Well, I won't put. I, I'll, I'll go as far as saying I, I won't put Scott Walter in the same bag as Kurt Von Daniken because no. he's wow, straight wow. up. That's, <laughs> that's, that's might be the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 the the principles that those theories are built on are inherently racist um, uh, it, it's you're you're discounting other 
cultures just because you, you don't you don't think they have their you're you know saying aliens built pyramids is discounting ancient Egyptians and saying that they didn't have the capabilities to do these truly impressive things and they are they are even more interesting to be built by humans than they are to be built by some all-powerful extraterrestrial force um and i know i know at least early early on the the other kind of cool thing about this project in particular i know early on we had discussed eventually writing our own rules to have role-playing archaeology itself um and making making that available in some manner for um classrooms and and um you know uh museums and things like that to Which to we have make this stuff fun. yeah we still have not given up on that idea that just has been pushed no back. i that is maybe phase yeah, I, phase three or phase four of the rollout. Yeah, <laughs> we need we need to actually like break it down, see what what actually needs to be changed, and then we can mm -hmm. put our own rules together. We must first perform the vivisection upon Dungeons and Dragons so that we can understand and rebuild it and make it stronger. That's a beautiful word picture. <laughs> By beautiful, I mean a little disturbing. Because <laughs> vivisection, you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I kind of just steamrolled you on that one. No, <laughs> no I, I think you covered a, a lot of, of, you know, where I was coming from as well. And so far as, you know, active engagement using a platform that people are familiar with to talk about something that maybe they're not quite as familiar with or to use it as a platform of engagement where, you know, you have people that might be interested in one or the other or both. And, and use that as a means of, of starting a dialogue. As much as I see this as a project that, that we are going to input, you know, our thoughts and our experiences into, I also see it as, as a really exciting opportunity to interact with people as well around the world and, and to hear their own experiences and see maybe not only how we can get other people to think about things differently, but how maybe we can think about, uh, gaming and archaeology different as well. Yeah, that, that, the, the public engagement part is definitely, I mean, making making this as interactive as possible is something that is actually pretty important to me, I know, um, and, and I think to everybody else as well. But, like, if, if you're watching this with us now, uh, you know, be active in chat, ask us questions. If you're watching it later, you know, uh, we're all we're all on Twitter. Uh, you can email um, you can email the Archeo RPG email, uh, account. So it's archeorpg at gmail dot com. Uh, we we kind of uh, uh, plugged it in the uh... <laughs> and point to all, all of our platforms. We are available on all yeah, those platforms. we're we're on the everything. Um, <laughs> but but send us send us questions. Um, we 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 actually do want to hear from you and 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 engage with you if you have if we say a bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense ask us about it um i, I think we um i, I know we were we're like plugging a whole bunch of other podcasts now <laughs> um um ologies don't worry the, the i'll edit this out in post <laughs> you don't have to. no you don't have to i think i think these are these are good Science communication <laughs> platforms, and they are they're they're worth your time. We are all they're not doing the same family. thing we are, so whatever. No, um, but um, 
the their the whole theme, uh, Ali Ward's theme for the whole show is ask smart people stupid questions. There's I don't I don't believe there is such a thing as a stupid question. If you don't understand it, ask me a question about it. Or in my case, ask a stupid person a smart question. I don't want to say it. Oh, <laughs> says the person in the doctorate program. <laughs> I don't claim any semblance of, of <laughs> just a real good figure. <laughs> I mean, the imposter syndrome thing is real. <laughs> so, with our sort of last few minutes uh, we have right now, maybe we could kind of give folks a little tease, a little preview, as it were, of uh, <laughs> some of the characters they're going to come and interact with uh, over the next few weeks, months uh, with that. So, uh, would either of you two like to give sort of the elevator pitch version of... I'm sharing my screen, by the way. It's not showing up on the... It's not showing it's up. It's not? Mm. Oh, shoot. Let me try again. I mean, it's showing up on our Skype call. It's just not showing up on the stream. Oh, shoot. I'm not sure why that is. Hold on. Maybe there's something else I can... Yeah. I can hold I on. I put you on the spot there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these are... Is there character models pending to change? Um, I would love to do some colored versions. And I just got a list of some uh, requests in regards to art. I didn't realize they were in the uh, Google Doc folder, so my apologies. I will get on that then. Ooh, look at me. So there we go. I'll make it a little bigger <laughs> right now. We'll, we'll cover our faces up so we can sort of yeah, you don't. see uh, a, a view of the... Uh, Three main protagonists in the upcoming tale. Yeah. Um, well, four yeah. main protagonists, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know that Wolfie is... is <laughs> so, Tom, is, uh, would you like to introduce Tomog? Yeah. Uh, you can see that I was super creative on the name. <laughs> um, um, so, Tomog... Uh, I don't know how much how much of the setup do we want to do here. Um, I would, do we want to you know, talk about our home game at all? Or yeah, you could talk about the home game basically up until you stop playing it, and then you know the, okay. the intervening years we can uh, figure out as we go along. Yeah. So, um, Tomog is a Goliath barbarian, and uh, uh, during the home game, I um chose the uh, uh, Path of the Totem, the bear, uh, which is super fun. Uh, but as <laughs> uh, during which I had to, I went, I had a, I, I, well, I tripped real hard on bee venom uh, <laughs> and, and uh, found my spirit animal, um, the great bear Smokey, um, and uh, was forced to fight his avatar and uh, create a totem from the uh, carcass, which Ty totally stole my kill on. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, so the, the the vest that you see there is much cooler now, um, and part of that uh, that path is you have some physical transformation. So all my uh, our, our illustrious GM decided that all of my uh, tattoos are now fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think I have sharp teeth or something too. Oh, yeah, your, yeah, the... yeah, your teeth are a little more. Uh, <laughs> your, your canines are a little more pronounced. They're a little pointy. Um, 
but I, uh, I've got a big old hammer, uh, a mall that I think I've decided I'm going to refer to as compelling argument. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought, well, actually, you know, another good name would be only you. Because only, only you can prevent. Um, <laughs> can I it could, though? And that, that, well, that could be your like go-ahead line for kills. Hmm. I'm gonna have to think on that one. There's there's a way to do this. I don't know. I don't know what the there's what there's, the, there's what good the pun potential. Is. But there is. I'm gonna yeah, work well, I'm gonna seriously consider this. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, in the intervening years, I'm going to come in. Yeah, we'll do we want to talk about the interview? Nah, nah, we can we can do that next week. Okay, so that's that's where this is where, I, of, this where you started. This is where you know, Tomog at levels one through three. We will see him again next week at level five. What happened in between? <laughs> we will learn that as we go along. Yeah. Pacing. Cool. It's all about pacing. <laughs> I am. Ty Vinder, our mysterious. Mm. Oh. A true man of mystery. I, I don't know if I would paint him that way, but no, no, I was kidding. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, does, does, he, does he not like a good tuxedo? <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could draw him in that, yeah. It's a little mysterious. I can see that. No, I, it was interesting because I joined the group a little bit late and after a couple characters had come and gone. And I know you guys were looking for a rogue to join the party. And so that's kind of originally how how I came across or, or kind of, you know, uh, made him to fit that kind of slot, so to speak. But so far, I've, I've kept him a little bit aloof um, since uh, he is a drow. He has that kind of quality about him because I haven't really quite resolved the drow within the D&D world, but I, I, especially for him being one kind of out of the underdark, it's been something that's that's new for me to play. So he's he's been snarky and, and reserved and judgmental and very much out for himself and grabbing what he can and looting places when he could find them. Came, came away with a couple of really nice objects. I, I hope we can Still keep those for the campaign. <laughs> yeah, and did, yeah, you, did, I mean, you get, did you get my email about the other new one? Uh, email or was it? Is it was, it, was, it, was, it, was through, a, it was a through the. Uh, it was through the, the Discord, uh, Discord channel. Yeah. I, I did. And if you join that, our Patreon, <laughs> you can join the. the you have access to the Discord yeah. channel. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, I believe I did respond to that, and then I gave you his backstory, and I think I tried to include that in there. So okay. it's, right. it's for your consideration. Okay. Well, he so still has... we can't really talk about that. <laughs> he still has that item. Excellent. 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 So, um, well, there's one character fault I would like to put on uh, Tyvender. We could say this now. It's not really a fault. It's more of a tick. Hmm. Because drowls are so uncommon as adventurers in the uh, in Faerun, the the, the continent mm. that we're on in, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the Forgotten Realms, everyone seems at one point or other to ask you if you know Dritz. 
<laughs> Dritch, the very, popular, the very popular character from a long series, a long, long oh. series of Dungeons & Dragons books. He was a drow <laughs> ranger. He was like the most, basically, of the last 20 years. Stars. Possibly the most famous uh, Dungeons & Dragons character of the last 20 years. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm just now picturing sort of that that sort of like, you know, you might hear that question a lot, and this may not be the first time you've heard that question a lot. So just think about how you want to handle that you've heard that question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's a fun trick to kind of build in. I'm looking forward to it, for sure. Yeah, that'll be, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be glad to get into the jungle where, you know, until mm. somebody comes out of the woods, but, hey, are you... <laughs> No, don't you either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that no, that's gonna be brilliant. Um, what was I gonna ask? Oh yeah, I was thinking potentially, and I don't know how far I want to push this, giving him a soft accent, but I'm not quite Liam O'Brien ready. Yes, but <laughs> you do do you, and if you want to, if it, if you want to give your character and, and the embodiment of your character a little bit of a accent to go along with it, go ahead. Um, you're not going to get any qualms from me since I'm going to be trying to do accents to the NPCs and I will be flailing, flailing up here <laughs> all the time. So uh, so don't be afraid about trying to do an accent. All of you watching and listening, be kind to us, please. <laughs> please be kind. So, and since Sarah couldn't make it here today, the very briefest uh, of introductions about RNL and Mascot. RNL is our is our as you can see from the picture here um they they are a human um they are our warlock and um they have a companion i a, a, early on in the the adventures with tomog uh right before a little before uh ty came in the picture um they had to rescue um someone from a from a den of goblins and then in there there were a number of wolves and she was able to communicate, they were able to communicate with these wolves. And um, one, there was two wolves there. One of them sort of didn't attack the party, but then quickly lost interest and ran away. But another one stayed. And the two of them have formed a bond. Um, and by now, I'm sure that bond's even stronger now. Um, he has the name Mascot, but there's a whole long lineage to that, and I don't have that in front of me at the moment. What is it? So, Mas we'll mascot, Wolfie, Sama... We'll get his official... There was, like, there was a couple more names. We'll there. do his official title next week if we have, like, a nice... You know, if we get if, if we have character portraits... For, I'm gonna work on it, I promise. I, I, no pressure, <laughs> no, no, rush, no, no rush. pressure whatsoever. If we have we them, we'll post them on social media, and if not, <laughs> you have to be patient. And use yep. your imagination. <laughs> It'll look something kind of like this, maybe. <laughs> and um, you know, through different magical means, um, both Arnell and Tomog have are able to communicate with Mascot. So we sort of learned his voice. And um, although I think we left off with Mascot being a little peeved with me. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. of the bee venom tripping. Well, this this would have been years ago. We'll see whether or not Mascot still holds a grudge uh, from, from years in the past. 
Actually, episode well, one, episode here, spoiler, episode one's going to see how many people still hold grudges. <laughs> this could be fun. Yeah. Or terrible. <laughs> fun can't. I think I'm, I'm going to go, the, the voice, the voice I'm going to do for Tom is probably something along the same lines as you may be familiar with in the uh, Adventure Zone. With just gruffness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can have a gruff off. It'll be fun. Oh my god. No, um, no, no. Ma- mascot. Mascot talks to you like this. Dear, dear, dear human. Uh, please, don't don't walk away from the party again. We don't want to lose you this time. You abandoned. My, my, the accusation was you abandoned the pack. You abandoned. And I felt that is the worst I've ever felt from like a, a comment from an imaginary character. Human, <laughs> human, you have abandoned the pack. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a little hint of the uh, uh, of mascot. But um, I think with this, then uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap things up for tonight. Maybe I can catch the last few minutes of the uh, debates. That are going on right now. Still can't bring myself to watch them. Or I'll just watch the <laughs> aftermath afterwards. Any final yeah. words? Um, come back next week. We're going to do some live play stuff, and it's going to be super cool. I'm yeah. going to try and get my internet worked out by then. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. I'm surgeon of it. For next week, remember, Ritual Rolls lives. First run, it lives on Twitch. So we Twitch. will be at www.twitch.tv slash archaeorpg 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time next Thursday, the 19th, which will be Friday the 20th at 9 a.m. Japanese Standard Time. <laughs> we know all of your classmates are also watching this. Mm, definitely all one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Huge cohort. <laughs> okay. So with all that, um, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at RPG on Facebook, Instagram, or tw- and or Twitter. Our email address is RQRPG at gmail.com. If you wish to support our show, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash RQRPG. Also, please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word. And remember, this and everything else we do on this channel is a product of the RPG Collective. Thank you. Good night. I don't have a good ending line for uh, this show yet. It's the first episode, alright? Give me a break. <laughs> when in doubt, it's ritual. When in doubt, yeah. it's something, ritual. Something, something. Rolls. Yes. Step three, profit. Profit, profit, profit. <laughs> All right, we will see you all in the imaginary world next week. Goodbye.